Wow, I don't know if I've ever been more excited about a series than I am in this. You know, there are times when I come together and I've read, I've been studying, and uh, I I step up here, and and I I do want to tell you that every week I come with, uh, as Paul would say, with fear and trepidation because I'm wanting to bring the Word of the Lord. But I'm I'm telling you, I'm excited about where we are today. Uh, I'm I'm not excited about where we literally live today. I'm I'm excited about what we're going to get to study. We do live in a dark time. We are in Babylon. Uh, We can make it though. We don't just survive. We thrive. It is possible for us as followers of Jesus Christ to be able to walk in his word and be able to be a light to the nations and to the people that he's placed around us. As you came in, you were given one of these little cards called Bold in Babylon. Each week, you're going to be getting one of those. Uh, We've tried to give those out to uh, family members. And if you didn't get one, get one on the way out. Because what that is, on on one side of it, it's going have all the scripture that we'll be reading that day. On the other side, there's going to be a little area that says bold at home, because if you're depending on this hour right here to get all of Daniel 1 or Daniel 2 or Daniel 3, you're not going to get it all, okay? We want you to be bold at home, reading the scripture at home, opening the word of God at home. And what we've done is we've given you, here's how you can take this home. You can take Sunday and stretch it throughout the week. Uh, reading the passage. In fact, one of the things that's on that card for this week is your, we, we've given you a missional emphasis, emphasis where you can walk your prayer, walk your neighborhood and begin to pray, God, would you open up a door for me to share the gospel with someone? There's a QR code on there where you can scan that and uh, you can... Uh, uh, there'll be the songs that we're singing so that you can worship at home along with that. And so uh, it, 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 I'm pumped about where we are today. And uh, man, I, I'm, I'm asking you, please, 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 you be, I ask you to read Daniel 1 coming in. You're going to read it going out. And then next week we'll be in Daniel chapter 2. And so you continue to be soaking in that word. You know, I was thinking, uh, in fact, many of you have been thinking about this, I know. Uh, Tomorrow will be 22 years, 22 years, hard to believe, isn't it, since September the 11th, 2001, when uh, 19 terrorists boarded four planes, and they were seeking uh, to harm America. Really, what they were seeking to do was to bring the idea of America down, confusion, chaos, financial systems, all the... And you know what? They, they accomplished it for a brief period of time, a very short brief period of time. I don't know if you remember those days, those hours and those days. We were all kind of... I remember where I was, standing in my bathroom, uh, watching uh, on, on a television or hearing it from the room and going out going, oh my goodness, what is happening? It is unbelievable. Two planes flew into the towers there in uh, New York City, uh, the World Trade Center. One plane took a nosedive into the Pentagon. Another plane went down in a field in Shanksville, uh, Pennsylvania. And it was, it was unreal. You know, even as I say that, what happens for most of us is we remember the scene and those types of things. And we have pictures. I remember uh, the president at that point uh, days later, standing there in, amidst the rubble and all the smoke and the chaos and those types of things. But I, I want to tell you, one of the things that we have to remember, we got to rem, 
we got to remember is that there were men and women who showed boldness and courage, and they ran into the face of fire and death and destruction. When things Nobody knew what was going on. There were those who were standing and saying, listen, we're, we're not running away. We're running towards it. We're going to stand here in the midst of all of that rubble, all of that rubble. There were 40 people who banded together on a flight. Do you remember the days, those of you who used to, who used to fly or uh, back in the day when you could uh, take your credit card, swipe the credit card or a phone card, and you could speak to somebody on the plane. Well, they ended up speaking to 911 operators and, uh, con- uh, and speaking to people uh, uh, who were reservationists. And they realized, oh, this plane is probably headed towards the Capitol. And they banded together boldly and said, not on my watch, not on my watch. And to, to their own death... That plane plummeted into Shanksville Field. Listen, I say that to you because what I don't want you to miss is this, is that in the midst of a very, very, very dark time, there were people who were willing to stand up and be bold. There were people who were willing to be lights in the midst of confusion, chaos, when the, when, when the rubble fell and the smoke was around and who knows the carcinogens in the air? There were people who were standing there saying, listen, I, I've, I'm going to be there. Listen, this is where we are today, so to speak. We live in a day and we live in a time that seems chaotic. It seems confusion. It, it feels like maybe even you are facing the rubble of your own life and the smoke. You're trying to figure out what's going on. Now listen, I want you to know that you are able to stand today and be bold in the place that God has placed you. Why? Because he has placed you there. This scene that Dixie just read about in Daniel chapter 1, I believe has some of the same, uh, how would I say, it, it has some of the same fear of the day. Because if we're not careful, we could fall to what might be called chronological snobbery, where we think that it's so bad today, it's never been this bad. I need you to know it's always been bad. And in verse 1 and 2 of Daniel chapter 1, I'm not going to be able to read all the passages today, but I mean, thankfully, uh, Dixie did read that. Get your Bible out, some notes. I've got several things I want you to see today. Uh, I'm going to attend. You know, I tell folks often, I get real passionate when I preach, and sometimes when I get passionate when I preach, it looks like I'm angry. So what I do is I write in my Bible, smile periodically. (laughs) I, I want to tell you, I don't have smile written in my Bible at all today. And the reason for that is, is that I want us to see a scene in Daniel chapter 1 of what was going on so that we can then begin to, because I need you to know, this is not just a story about yesteryear. This is a story about today. This is about where we are today, and I want us to begin to catch this. In in, in verses 1 and 2, you kind of have what I would say the what and the why. You have the historical and the theological. In verse 1, it says that during during the reign of Jehoiakim, in the third year of Jehoiakim, you have Nebuchadnezzar who comes and he besieges the city of Jerusalem. That's the historical. That's the what. That's what's going on. Daniel opens up and says, listen, there's a, there's a siege that's happening. Those of you who have seen Jerusalem, you know something about it. Maybe you've been. I hope you get to go. Jerusalem sets up on a mount. That's why it's called Mount Zion. 
Very hard to overtake. Uh, it took them many, many years. In fact, there were three different episodes where Nebuchadnezzar's army came and attacked. This is in the first wave of that. So in the third year of the reign, Nebuchadnezzar, he besieges, he comes, he destroys the walls, he burns them down, he makes raids. It says that he goes in, he pulls out the temple treasure, he ends up deporting some people. But verse 2 gives us the the why, which I think is really the theological. Notice what it says there in verse 2. It says, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. What happened? Well, listen, in the third year of Jehoiakim's reign, Nebuchadnezzar came. But really, what we've got to notice here is that it was the Lord God who gave his own city into the hands of a foreign nation. The sovereign Lord God. And he had been telling his people this was going to happen. He said, listen, this is going to happen. He started in the Old Testament as he began to walk through. In fact, in 2 Kings, this would be something to write down. 2 Kings chapter 23. We're not going to move over there. I want you to go see it later. 2 Kings 23, Jeremiah writes first and 2 Kings. Jeremiah is writing and he says this about Jehoiakim. He says, and he did, Jehoiakim, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Sounds like judges, doesn't it? Judges, you remember that phrase where everyone did what was right in their own eyes? Well, this is what Jehoiakim was doing in chapter 26 of Jeremiah. This is all background, but you need to go see it. You need to go read it. Jeremiah chapter 26, Jeremiah writes about how one of the prophets of God comes to Jehoiakim and he tells him, hey, listen, the nation is messed up. The nation needs to repent. And you know what Jehoiakim does? Jeremiah 26 says that he had him murdered. He had the prophet of God murdered. Not Jeremiah, but another one. If you move over to chapter 36 of Jeremiah now, Jeremiah writes a scroll, the word of the Lord, and he sends it to the king, King Jehoiakim. The scripture tells us that when he brings that scroll and it's read, Jehoiakim does this. He, with each part of the scroll that's read, he tears it off, and throws it into a fire until the, wor- the, the scroll, the word of God. Now, listen, not, if, if some of you come up here and start trying to tear out my Bible, you and I are going to go round, all right? You may get me after about 30 seconds, but we're gonna, that 30 seconds is going to be rough on you, I promise you. It says that he tore it out, and then he threw it in the fire. And I want you to catch this. That would be like someone doing that here and everyone just sitting and watching. Nobody stood up and said, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. This is the word of the Lord. Remember, this was happening in Judah, Jerusalem, the city of God. And nobody stood up. Nobody came after. There was no weeping. There was no gnashing of tears. And this is what was happening. But the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah again. And he said, rewrite that scroll. Rewrite that scroll. He rewrote that scroll, and in that scroll, he then prophesied, remember, the hand of the Lord, he prophesied the word of the Lord, that Jehoiakim would end up being killed, overthrown, killed, and dumped over the walls of Jerusalem. Josephus, the first century historian, he wrote that in 605, when this was happening, when 605, when Nebuchadnezzar came in, he ended up killing Jehoiakim and throwing him over the walls of Jerusalem. Folks, right here at the very beginning, I need to make sure that you hear this. The The word of the Lord, the word of the Lord God is always going to come true. It will not be destroyed and it will happen. 
This is where amen comes. It will happen. And I, I, I want to jump in here. You know, I, I jump in with both feet a lot of times. I want to jump in right here and say that some of you in here today, the word of the Lord has been coming to you time after time after time after time. And you've just been saying, not now, I don't need it. Or you, you've been living in open and repentant sin, unrepentant sin. It's repetitive, it's unrepentant, and you just keep going. And I need you to know, God will not be mocked. It, it is either going to be now or it may be later. But the scripture, we, I mean, we sung this song a minute ago, that there's going to be a day when every knee will bow and we will proclaim that he is the one true living God. So if you haven't yet, I want you to hear. Today, he's brought you here so that you might surrender your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This is why he's brought you here. Some of you in here today, you're walking in that open, unrepentant, and repetitive sin. Maybe it is a porn addiction that you think you have mastered, and really, it's mastered you. You've not mastered it. It's mastered you. Maybe it is you're you're lying and you're cheating with your finances, and you think no one's ever going to know it. And I'm not even talking about tithing. I'm talking about like you're hiding things at your business, and you're hiding things from your family. And you're like one step away. You think you've got it under control, and in reality, it has you under its control. Today, God has brought you here to say, hey, listen, my word is always true. It's always true. So what ends up happening? Verse 2, and God gave Jehoiakim. And what happened after that? It says Nebuchadnezzar came in and he raided everything. He even talks about here, it says that he took the temple treasures away, led them back to a place called Shinar. And in Shinar, he put all of the temple treasures of God, the things of God, into the pagan God's service. God of Marduk, it was his name. In case those of you who'd like to know that, put it into his service. Now, here's something that's unique. If you're one that writes in your Bible, this would be a time. Take some notes, write this down. Circle Shinar. Shinar, this isn't the first time this has come up. Do you know where Shinar first comes up? In Genesis 11. Now, do you know what happened in Genesis 11? In Genesis 11, there were a group of people on the plains of Shinar who decided that they no longer wanted to live for the fame of the name and the glory of God. They wanted the fame and the name of their name to be made. And so they decided what they were going to do is they're going to build this big tower. Is this sounding familiar? They're going to build this tower, a tower that reached to the sky. And everyone would know, we have done this. This is our world and we've done it. And what ends up happening, the scripture tells us in Genesis 11, is that God came down, he scrambled their languages and then dispersed them across the face of the earth. That's what we know as the place of Babel, which is the origins of the city of Babylon. Folks, I'm telling you, Babel and Babylon is still active today. We live in the place of Babylon. Look at with me at verses 3 through 7 real quick. I'm going to move quickly because I've got some things I want to tie up at the very end. But Genesis chapter 3, 
or, or excuse me, uh, D- Daniel 1, verses 3 through 7, it says, after robbing the house of the Lord, Nebuchadnezzar then, he kidnapped, he deported, and he took the brightest, the youngest, the nobility, the royalty, those who were the, the biggest, the strongest, the most intellectually, the scripture says, superior. He brought them into his service, and he began to try to feed them and to deceive them, to indoctrinate them. And this is in verse 6 where we are introduced to the four compadres, the four colleagues, the four friends. Notice their names. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I'm not going to call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego today because I want you to begin to see who they are and remember and think about who you are also. The names... uh, that they have, they're Hebrew names, very specific Hebrew names. These names, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they all have a root to the one true living God, Yahweh. And the scripture says that when they were taken into captivity, they were renamed. They were renamed. Belteshazzar. Say that about four times. Belteshazzar. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, all of them have roots to the Babylonian gods, the pantheon of Babylonian gods. So what happens is, is King Nebuchadnezzar brings them in and he changes their identity from their God-given identity to a new identity. Does this, to him who has ears, are we hearing these things? He begins to rip them away from their God-given identity. The scripture tells us that they, these young men, they were placed under the care of the chief eunuch. Does anybody know what a eunuch is? Men, do you know what a eunuch is? I want to be really, I want to try to be high level on this, but they, these, a eunuch is one whose reproductive organs, male reproductive organs have been taken away. They were mutilated. In that day and time, it was either literally cut away or crushed. Now, I want to say this to you. Uh, The Bible doesn't say specifically that they were made eunuchs, but everything in the Bible leads towards that because Daniel never married, never had children. None of the other compadres had. They were under, under the chief eunuch. The scripture goes on to say they were under the steward of the chief eunuch. They were in the company of eunuchs. These young men, these were young men. They probably would have been in their teens, we got some teens in here. They, these young men, I, 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 you, you've got to understand this. Daniel and his friends, they were kidnapped, deported. They were isolated from their family and their friends. They were now mutilated, castrated. Now they're being indoctrinated. Is anybody hearing me? We live in Babylon today. We live in Babylon today. But listen, what you're going to see, and I want you to hear hope today for just a few moments, because this whole book is about how to live as a follower of the one true God, Yahweh, in the midst of Babylon. That's what this book is all about, the ability to live there. Listen, they may have lived in the Babylonian culture, but they said, listen, we won't bow to the Babylonian culture. They may have, listen, uh, Nebuchadnezzar may have changed their location, their names, may have given them a new education, 
But they said, we, we're not going to become Babylonian. I, I want you to look at what I think is the most important verse in all of chapter 1. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 says this, But Daniel resolved, please circle, highlight, star, something. Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Because you see what ends up happening is, is they bring these four buddies in and they say, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play the long game. For the next three years, we're going to feed them good food. We're going to give them all the meat they can eat, all the drink that they have. They're going to have the best of everything. They're going to be in the palace. You're going to get all this. And at the end of the day, then maybe you'll be Babylonian. You'll think like a Babylonian. Now, we're not going to let you reproduce because we truly do not want Yahweh to continue on. But the scripture tells us that Daniel resolved. Do you know what the word resolve means? Determined. Right here. He determined. I'm not going to bow. I'm going to be bold in the place that I am. Why? Because somewhere back there, his family had poured the scripture in. It had, they had poured Yahweh, the one true living God. He said, we're not going to do this. Notice what happens here. He goes to the chief eunuch. He goes to the chief eunuch and he says, listen, uh, would you please allow me not to defile myself? He didn't say, I want to like trim up. I want to slim down. He said, I don't want to defile myself. The natural question would have been, what do you mean defile yourself? He would have had to at that moment declare his allegiance. I don't want to defile myself. And the, 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 the chief eunuch says, you want my head on the plate? No, 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 no. So he asked the steward, the manager, the manager underwards. And he said, listen, why don't you give us 10 days? Give us 10 days. Let us eat vegetables and let us drink water. And at that point, then you test us. Here's what I want you to know. Uh, we should never get into the, fa- get into the, uh, into the, the business of testing God. His word should be enough for us. But here's what I can also tell you, that if you stand strong in that day, whatever that day is in that moment, God will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will be there. Wherever the scripture talks about, and I can only think of one or two, where it says they put him to the test, the Lord God always passes the test. He is faithful to his word and to his name. He said, listen, I'm not going to drink. We can't drink the king's food and the king's wine. Why? Number one, it's against the Torah. It goes against the word of God. Number two, it'll break the heart of God because we're breaking his law. Number three, because it would be a step and a slide towards Babylon. Uh, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I I, want to make sure that you're aware of this, is that Babylon, the spirit of Babylon, Babylon that we live in today, there's a plan. And you know what their plan is? The long game. And they're counting that you're going to give up your resolve. They're counting that you're not going to remain strong in the Lord. And I want to be careful here. I need you to hear me. I'm not talking about just girding up your loins and pull up your bootstraps. Listen, I'm from Texas, so I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about being a strong man. I'm talking about trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ as a follower of his, trusting in in the word of God, which is strong and true. It will never die. 
you realize there's only two things that last for eternity, the souls of men and the word of God. So this is why we invest in the next generation with the word. This is why I I come at you each week with the word of God, because it is true. So rather than eating the delicacies of Babylon, he says, no, listen, Daniel was not worried about, his diet wasn't about organic. It wasn't about trimming up. It was about the holiness of God. What happens if you go on a vegetarian diet? Well, you might live longer. You're going to Typically, you're going to slim up, aren't you? You're going to, you know, vegetables and water, you're going to live, you're going to slim up. Do you know what the, one of the great miracles here is? The Hebrew word in verse 15, look at, where, look at verse 15. Verse 15 says this, Daniel 1:15. at the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were in better appearance and fatter. You know what the Hebrew word for fatter is there? Fatter. <laughs> you know what the miracle is? Literally, the miracle is this, is that when we eat vegetables, usually we slim up. The miracle is, is when they ate vegetables, they gained weight. They became stronger. They looked more healthy. You know why? Because God said, my word is trustworthy and true. You stand and be faithful, and I am going to be faithful for you. Listen, as a follower of Jesus Christ, here's the thing that you and I know as followers of Jesus Christ. Even when I'm not faithful, he is, isn't it? That ought to be a big amen. Listen, but what, what we know is that when we stand for the word of God, when we stand like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, when we stand, when we are bold in the midst of Babylon and we're not bowing to the king's delicacies, when we're bold in, for his name, not a jerk for Jesus. I mean, we're just standing, this can't defile myself. This is, what the, this is what the Lord has called me to. Scripture tells us that he's going to be true and he's going to be faithful to you, but first and foremost to his word and himself because he's at some level, if you're trusting his word, his word is at stake here, his honor. And he says, I'm going to be faithful to that. Look at verses 17, 19, and 20 in chapter 1. So the Lord honored their faithfulness. Notice what it says. And as for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill and all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding and all visions and dreams. And the king spoke to them, and among all of them, none was found like Daniel, like Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they stood before the king, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the enchanters that were in all of his kingdom. Here they are. They're living in Babylon, but they said, we're not going to be Babylonian. We're not going to defile ourselves. We're going to continue to follow the one true living God. We're going to step out. We're going to take God at his word. We're going to walk in. And the Lord God honored that. In fact, where others can you, let me ask you, what would you have done? What would you have done? I mean, I want you to be honest because you're living in Babylon today. So the real question is, what will you do today? What will you do? When everyone around is saying, just eat the meat. Listen, 
drink the wine. Listen, when, when, and I'm not talking about like literal wine. I'm talking about the metaphorical meat and wine of the king's table today. Here, I mean, listen, these young men, catch this, these young men had been kidnapped, isolated, mutilated. They've been indoctrinated with the religions of the day. And yet they said, no, we're not going to bow. We're not going to bow. We're going to stand strong today where we are. We're going to stand strong. In fact, when everyone was saying, if you just do it, your influence, your, everything's going to increase. Listen, I want to tell you this. When you stand for the word of God, your influence is going to increase. It may not happen the way you think it's going to happen, but I promise you, because you're obeying the word of the Lord, he's going to put you in places where you speak for him. You're going to declare in the midst of Babylon, here's, I can't defile myself, here's who I am. There's so much in chapter one that we could spend a lot of, a lot of time on, but I got one thing I want you to catch today. You know, one thing I want to say, I, I, I'm here. listen, this plane is landing. But one thing I want you to catch today, I want you to write it down. I'm going to repeat it a couple of times. There are two kingdoms, and you have one choice. There are two kingdoms, and you have one choice. I want to say this again. You have two kingdoms, and there is one choice. Listen, Babylon isn't far away. Babylon is today. And we live in it. In fact, John, who wrote the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, he wrote Revelation. In Revelation, he talks about that the spirit of Babylon is all of the culture around. He says that Babylon, in fact, he even refers to Babylon. Most folks would say when he's referring to Babylon, he's referring to the culture in which he lived in at that day, which would have been the Roman Empire, of which... Man, they were the, the supreme control. He talks about Babylon over and over and the world system that opposes us. So how does that happen for us? How are we in Babylon? Well, Babylon is the agenda that we see today to destroy human life. And when I say destroy human life, I mean like I'll take your life if, it matter, if, if, if you're in the way of my life. Unborn life aged life. You need to begin to watch. Listen, uh, the abortion issues are not over. And if you got real tight right there because you're saying, are you going political? I'm not. I'm going biblical, okay? I'm talking about Bible here. So death, right to life, uh, euthanasia, where if you're old or disabled or invalid and you no longer have the ability to to uh, uh, contribute to society, then we, we can move you out. That's the spirit of Babylon. It's the social atmosphere of sexual deviancy today. It's the culture that mutilates the bodies of our kids, who, by the way, can't even buy a lotto ticket, but I can be mutilated. It's the infatuation of being identified with chosen pronouns and rather than identifying as the way that God has given you and designed you. 
It's the spirit of the love of money. It's the desire, the deep, deep desire for comfort, pleasure, and ease. Folks, this is where we live today. And it's not new to us. Listen, the scripture talks about it and points it to us. Uh, St. Augustine, the ancient uh, church father, talked about the, the doctrine of the two kingdoms, the city of God and the city of man. The city of God being the place that represents those who have followed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, those who identify as the church, those who walk together as brothers and sisters in the kingdom of man, the city of man, those who follow the spirit in the age, spirit of the age, the spirit of Babylon, who bow their knee, who drink from the king's table and eat from the king's food. And here's what I want you to hear. Church, I'm speaking to you as a church specifically we've been nursing at the table of Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon for way too long. And you may not even realize you've been doing it. When we, I'm in this. This isn't like we, you, this is we, we, all of us. When we know more about this and this and this and this, when we can't give an account to someone for the hope that is within us, when someone comes to us and they need counsel and you're like, I don't know. When we can't talk about the gospel, we are too engrossed in Babylon. And I need you to hear me. We all live in Babylon, but we don't have to bow to Babylon. We all live in Babylon. It's time for us to be bold in Babylon. This is what I'm excited about. This is why there's not a lot of smile today. Because we have to understand where we've been placed and how God has called us, how he has equipped us. Listen, in the rubble of the day that we live in, in the chaos and the confusion, in the smoke of everything that's swirling around, do you realize the Lord Jesus has put you here? you're, You're living in history but theologically, he's put you here, which means we can stand today. Listen, uh, my Jesus left the kingdom of heaven to come to the kingdom of man. He came as an alien and an exile, the scripture helps us to see. Took on flesh and bone. And do you realize that he never bowed? He never changed his identity. He stayed true as the son of God. He said, not my will, but yours. Now it cost him death on a cross so that you and I might have life today. The Holy Spirit of God that lives within you gives us the ability, the power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead has given you power to stand boldly. And the, here's the deal. It's two kingdoms. You have the choice today, and you don't get to walk both sides of it. You don't get to walk both sides. So my question today, this is why I said, here's what I want you to know. Two kingdoms, one choice. The question today is, is that will you bow to Babylon, or will you be bold in the midst of Babylon? Father, I love you, and I thank you. God, you've called us here today. You've 
You've saved people in here today. And God, I know that you want to save more people today. And I'm asking that you do that by the power of your spirit. I pray that today the words that we've sung, the prayers that we've offered, the word that we've lifted to you and to the preached word today, would your Holy Spirit save people today? And it's in the name of Jesus I ask these things. Amen.